0: Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. So oh, welcome back to another beginning of a new week. It's a new week, ladies. So whatever happened last week whew, in the past and we're moving forward and we're moving forward in the scriptures with Lehi's family. Now, remember when Nephi and his brothers brought back the brass plates into the wilderness. Remember how Lehi poured over them. And I think that's such a neat image that the prophet of God is pouring over the word of God. And after he's done searching the scriptures, he then begins prophesying regarding his seed. Now, it's just my thought that after he had poured over the scriptures and began prophesying regarding his seed, I wonder if this is just Carrie thinking, but I wonder if he began to have questions about his seed, about how it was to become possible for his children to multiply in the promised land. Because they weren't bringing wives with them. As you remember, the Lord spoke to Lehi again. And the Lord explained that Lehi was not intended to go into the wilderness with his family alone. And he commanded that Lehi's sons return back to Jerusalem and bring Ishmael and his family into the wilderness. Now remember, we do not know what the relationship between Lehi's family and Ishmael's family is. But go to Jerusalem, the boys did. And they gained favor in the sight of Ishmael and his household. And the Lord did soften the heart of Ishmael and his household. And Ishmael and his family packed up their belongings and took their journey into the wilderness to join Lehi at his tent. During their journey, Laman and Lemuel, two daughters of Ishmael and the two sons of Ishmael and their families began to rebel against Nephi, Sam, Ishmael, Ishmael's wife, and their three other daughters. Laman and Lemuel and their team wanted to return back to Jerusalem, and Nephi grieved for the hardness of their hearts. And he spoke to Laman and Lemuel, and he said, Ye are my elder brothers, How is it that you are so hard in your hearts and so blind in your minds that I, your younger brother, should speak unto you, yea, and set an example for you? And he starts to ask them a series of questions. Why haven't you hearkened unto the Lord? How did you forget that you have seen an angel of the Lord? How have you forgotten the great things the Lord has done for us and I think he's probably talking about those tender mercies that he's noticing and that he's keeping track of and they're happening to him at exactly the same time they're happening to Laman and Lemuel so how are they forgetting these things about being delivered from Laban and about receiving help in obtaining the brass plates he asks them, how did you forget that the Lord is able to do all things according to his will for us if we exercise faith in him? And then he pleased with them, wherefore, let us be faithful to him. Because if we are, then we shall obtain the land of promise. And we will know at a future date that the Lord's words will be fulfilled regarding the destruction of Jerusalem. And then he goes on to try and convince them how Jerusalem is on the path to destruction. Things are starting to line up. He says the spirit of the Lord will soon cease to strive with them because one, they rejected the prophets. Two, they cast Jeremiah into prison. And three, remember, they sought to kill Lehi. That's why we were driven out in the first place. And finally, Nephi says, you know what? Go ahead, return to Jerusalem. But he tells them that the spirit constrains him to say this. He says, go ahead and return to Jerusalem, but you will perish. In next week's episode, we'll discuss what Laman and Lemuel's response to Nephi's bold declaration is. And spoiler alert, it isn't good. But this example in the scriptures gives us a fantastic study on soft hearts and hard hearts. Now, I've been a member of the church all of my life, and I have heard over and over again to have a soft heart. But I must be honest with you, I've often wondered, is my heart soft enough? How do you develop a soft heart? How does that come to be? But the development of a soft heart is crucial for the disciples of Christ. For in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it says, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature. Which I'm really grateful for, because I'm five foot. <laughs> so, okay. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance. But the Lord looketh on the heart and if it is my heart that the Lord is looking at I want it to be found deserving in his eyes so we read in these verses that Ishmael's heart was softened it said that the sons of Lehi gained favor in the sight of Ishmael and that Ishmael listened to the words of the Lord which Lehi's sons spoke the Lord softened Ishmael's heart and also his households, and they took action and began their travels into the wilderness. And this condition of their soft hearts created an opportunity for unity to be developed between these two families. Contrast that with Laman and Lemuel and their crew. I don't know what went down, but we can guess it was murmuring, complaining, and fault-finding. Somehow, even though Ishmael's household experienced a softening of heart on that journey back into the wilderness towards Lehi's tent, two sons of Ishmael and two daughters of Ishmael also began to have hard hearts. And there was rebellion and there was division and they desired to return back to Jerusalem. So how does the Lord go about softening our hearts? Or Ishmael's hearts, or Ishmael's household's hearts. How does he do that without compromising our agency? And as you read these scriptures, you can see where agency is playing a role because it's an individual's very act of choosing to act that permits the Lord entrance into our hearts, to have residence within our hearts, and to allow him to give a portion of his spirit that softens our hearts. So it is our agency that we use to allow him the opportunity to prompt us along and to move us where he needs us to be and where it's best for us. And it begins with our choice to act and our willingness to receive. And I think that's important for us to clarify. That the Lord isn't acting upon us against our will. No. So we need to prepare ourselves and open ourselves up to be changed by the Lord's Spirit. I came across a talk by Marvin J. Ashton. He gave it in October 1988, and it's called The Measure of Our Hearts. It gives us four illustrations of what makes up a soft heart. And I want you to think about each of these illustrations and ponder And allow the Spirit to talk to you about where you need to make a change. It's not going to be all four of them, ladies. I know that about you. We haven't met, but I know that if you're listening to Sister Scriptorians and you have gotten to episode 18, you are not in Laman and Lemuel's camp. You are closer to Nephi than you realize. And we're all experiencing what it takes to soften our hearts. So number one, honest in heart. Number two, a willing heart. Number three, an understanding, loving heart. And number four, this is how I'm calling it, a heart that diligently remembers. So number one, how honest in heart am I? Am I open to truth? Do I honestly evaluate information and people Without prejudice, without pretense, without hypocrisy. Sometimes easier to find fault in others and think how we would do it differently, isn't it? Am I reliable in word and action? No hidden agendas found in me or desire to deceive others or misrepresent facts. Because that's what conniving hearts do, don't they? They deceive and they misrepresent. And Ishmael, Ishmael was a lover of truth. And his heart was open and honest to hear that truth and accept it. What was it like to be like him sitting there listening to the sons of Lehi and they're revealing to him that he was commanded to come into the wilderness with them? How did his mind ponder that invitation that he was given? And he had the ability to recognize the honest hearts that were delivering this message. And he used his discernment. To know that they lacked any hidden agendas and were not attempting to deceive him, but were asking him to follow them. Now compare and contrast that with Laman and Lemuel. You know, at what point did their murmuring begin? Were they on their best behavior when they were in the house of Ishmael? Did the murmuring begin once they were on the journey back? Perhaps it became difficult. What deceptions were they spreading? That caused a mutiny to arise with people who originally had soft hearts and had found favor with the plan. And isn't it curious that Laman and Lemuel found such comfort in the wickedness of Jerusalem? And I believe this went beyond the comfort of the familiar, because we can understand that. The comfort of familiar. No, I think this reflected more of their comfort in being with like-minded people. And so they began working on the possibilities in Ishmael's family of those who might also be like-minded with them. And I think this is where we need to be careful in our lives. I think the Lord is showing us through this story to be lovers of truth and to seek after that and have honest hearts and to look for honest hearts in others. Think of those who fight against the church and who speak ill of the Lord's servants. Are they doing that with an honest heart? Are they being sincere in their words or do they deceive and find fault in order to distract from their hidden agendas as to why they don't want to live the Lord's standards? And whatever those might be, they might set themselves up as enlightened. They have a lot of questions or free loving or accepting while not fully being honest as to why they reject the teachings of Jesus Christ. I think the most honest commentary from someone who just decided to pursue the path of inactivity was that he said he believed the scriptures and the teachings of the church. He just didn't have the discipline required to live it. And that's honesty. No hidden agendas. And you know what? I think there's still some softness in his heart. Because he doesn't defame, deceive, or misrepresent in order to justify his choices. He sincerely turned inward and boldly accepted his agenda in the matter. And I don't believe the Lord would be done with him yet. So be careful of conniving hearts that deceive and misrepresent. We find in Ishmael and Nephi and others who have soft hearts that soft hearts illustrate the ability to look to the future and to progress that soft hearts weren't confounded and their purity allowed their hearts to have no bounds. Imagine the synergy that there must have initially been to propel a group the size of Ishmael's family to organize and lead out, all because of the words of a few young men. Isn't that miraculous? Can't we draw parallels to that happening today? Soft hearts that hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and decide to change their lives, their habits, their friendships, their culture even because of the testimony of two young men in white shirts and ties that showed up to their door and said, We have a message that God speaks to prophets today. Will you read the Book of Mormon? Number two, willing hearts. Do I desire to please the Lord and to serve his cause first? Do I agree to serve the Lord on the Lord's terms and not my own? Or do I place restrictions on my service, naming where and how I will serve? I've done this in the past. Sisters, I have. I've had church callings that I haven't really enjoyed. And I could have done better. And I make a promise that I will do better. Ishmael put aside convenience and comfort and location to follow God. No doubt he must have spent some time after hearing Lehi's son speak to him and deliver the words of the Lord. He must have spent some time on his own praying unto the Lord and desiring to know his ways for himself. And I don't know the ins and outs of Jewish customs and laws and traditions, But why did Laman and Lemuel go with Lehi if they truly didn't want to? And what about Ishmael's sons? At first, the cause found favor in their eyes. But either the murmurings of Laman and Lemuel or the difficulty of the journey had hardened their hearts, and they were now refusing to follow through. So we need to ask ourselves, how willing is my heart? Do I begin at first to please the Lord and to serve? but then start to prickle at what is being asked of us. Each time, each time we choose to serve happily with no strings attached, I will go where you want me to go, dear Lord. Each time we hear that still small voice and heed its promptings to speak up, to reach out and to step forward. We invite the Lord to soften our hearts with his spirit, soft hearts, who are willing to keep hearkening to the Word of God, have as their mantra, I will go and do, versus hard hearts, who turn I cans into I can'ts, and who lack the vision to see the possibilities that the question, what if, can bring when the Lord is involved. Instead of awfulizing the situation, what if, the Lord brings possibilities And the question becomes, what if? And that all begins with a willing heart. Number three, an understanding and a loving heart. Am I striving to be charitable? Even at the expense of my wants and when I feel misunderstood or when we see the unflattering side of people? (laughs) Am I still choosing charity? Am I giving others the benefit of the doubt? Am I understanding that everyone is learning and therefore I need to adjust my expectations accordingly? Am I lovingly giving them space to do their learning? And am I striving to beareth all things, believeth all things, and endureth all things? Don't we see this in Ishmael? Ishmael had an understanding and a loving heart. He loved the Lord. He loved the Lord's prophet and he loved his family. Unfortunately, Laman and Lemuel were like unto the Jews at Jerusalem who sought to take away the life of Lehi, and they saw everything through this lens. And so they interpreted things differently. They had the opposite feelings of charity. They could not bear or support the prophet of God, they could not bear or support the Lord's way. They didn't believe the Lord's servants, which both crippled their desire or even their ability to endure anything hard, self-sacrificing, or requiring change. A softening occurs within us when we take our spiritual vision and we focus it outwards on others. When we get to know their stories, when we begin to root for them, and we overlook the messy humanness, and instead we soften as we consider the will of the Lord and submit to him as a child would so that he can lead us and guide us and walk beside us. You know, it is not coincidence that the scriptures often pair hard hearts with blind minds because when our vision is turned inward and not outward, but inward, our minds do become blind to the needs of others. Everything is viewed through the lens of how will it affect me? And we start to be very concerned about our cares and our fears and our wants. And these things scream so loudly that we don't have ears to hear of any relief or possible solution other than satisfying these emotions. Blind minds and hard hearts literally objectify those around us and reduce them to whether or not they are serving our personal needs or not, which makes God's children obstacles in our selfish pursuits. Isn't that what Laman and Lemuel saw Nephi as? An obstacle that they had to overcome in order to satisfy their doubts. Number four, a heart that diligently remembers helps us develop soft hearts. So from the Book of Mormon, it reads, if ye have experienced a change of heart, and if ye have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, can ye feel so now? What a great question. This question reminds us that this is a journey, that we don't just receive a soft heart at one time and it is continually soft, but we must continue to work on maintaining a soft heart. Elder Ashton says that Christ-like love must be continuous and contemporary. That means what have you done today to present to the Lord a soft heart? Are you remembering today and drawing upon your remembrance over and over again on the strength and deliverance that you are receiving from the Lord's tender mercies? Are you keeping track of those and remembering It's interesting because this explains the common question. How could Laman and Lemuel experience a visitation from an angel yet still rebel? I wonder how they interpreted that experience. What thoughts did they have regarding it? Better yet, what actions had they taken since then to preserve whatever stirrings of heart they had experienced? You know, isn't agency so interesting? We can choose to remember and we can choose to forget. Maybe not a permanent deletion from our mind, but we can choose what feelings we permit to stay and what meaning we assign to those experiences. Like Laman and Lemuel, we can choose to have powerful spiritual manifestations, but choose to not nurture it. We can choose to not hearken to the Lord's words. We can choose to not assign lasting memory to it. And we can ignore the feelings that arise from it and push those away. We can rationalize that the Lord's tender mercies are coincidences or contribute it to our own amazingness. And sooner or later, when we do those things, we forget. But if we develop a soft heart like Ishmael, the Lord can lead us to exactly where he needs us to be. And whatever mercies the Lord gifted to Ishmael and his family, they did openly receive those and allowed themselves to be moved by the Lord, only if some of them would not have heeded Laman and Lemuel. Because a soft heart knows no bounds. A soft heart strives for an honest heart. And is open to truth. A soft heart is a willing heart that has no bounds or restrictions on the good it is willing to do for the Lord. Here I am, send me. That is a willing heart. A softened heart is a charitable heart that loves and understands, that not only stands confident in the Lord's love, but helps others, beareth, believeth, and endureth all things. Charity is helps us to have no bounds, where the adversary, have you noticed, he wishes to diminish us and minimize the impact we can have. Not our Heavenly Father, an understanding and a loving heart has no bounds. A softened heart is not bound by temporary joy. No, it remembers diligently and draws upon the strength that they've received From the Lord's tender mercies and they remember and they tap into that strength over and over and over again because the living waters of the Lord never dry up as long as we remember. Sister Scriptorians therefore let us be faithful unto him and join me this week in developing a soft heart to develop a heart that is honest to develop a willing heart To develop an understanding and a loving heart. And finally, to develop a heart that diligently remembers him. And it is by doing these things that we open our hearts and allow him in to do his work. Have a good day.